This is Cindy, my good friend and mentor, graduated with honors from the University of Connecticut at Storrs, receiving a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree with a major in acting, directing, and playwriting. Cindy is a multi-year recipient of Long Island's Best Psychic. She is the author of multiple books which focus on life, love, and relationships. Cindy has been seen on television and is the regular host of her own radio show on Blog Talk Radio. This is Dr. Gary. He has been in the education field for over 20 years and earned his doctorate from St. John's University. He has spent most of his life motivating students of all ages and achieved mastery as an amazing instructional leader. Dr. Gary has been a personal trainer, teacher, professor, coach, DJ, and a professional wrestler, but he's also a psychic. Welcome everybody back to Soul Matters Podcast Season 2, Session Number 13. I am here with my co-host, Cindy Sanson-Braff. How are you, Cindy? I'm doing great. I'm very excited about tonight's episode. Yeah, of course, in miracles, this is going to be very, very exciting and, and extensive. I mean, to cover this in, in one session of a podcast is probably difficult, but there's so much information. I know it's been a few months since uh, we've we've had a podcast, so I'm very excited to get right back into it. And before we even jump into it, I want to introduce two of our guests tonight. We're we're very excited to have four of us on here tonight. So our first guest is Shayna Braff. Uh, she graduated summa cum laude with a bachelor's degree in professional communications from Farmingdale State College, has an associate's degree in English literature from Suffolk Community College, where she graduated with honors. She's also a certified yoga instructor. Shayna has been a student and a teacher of A Course in Miracles for more than two decades since she first discovered the spiritual self-help manual as a teenager. She has worked as a freelance reporter, social media specialist, and technical writer, and has hundreds of published articles spanning a diverse array of topics, which have been featured in Patch.com, the South Shore Press, Sable.com, and a variety of other print and online news media outlets, trade publications, and magazines. She is also a poet and aspiring short story writer and novelist. In addition to ACIM, A Course in Miracles, she has had a lifelong passion for studying all things esoteric, metaphysical, and arcane, including Gnostic Christianity, tarot, astrology, yoga, Kundalini, energy, and the chakras, alchemy, Western hermeticism, Eastern philosophy, as well as world mythology, literature, and comparative religion. Wow, that's a mouthful. Welcome, <laughs> <laughs> um, Welcome. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. with us. Thank you so um, much for having me. My, my pleasure. Uh, and not only do we have Shana here, but we also have Reverend Anthony Bopp. <laughs> Reverend Anthony Bob has attended St. John's University. He received his bachelor's degree in business administration. And one Saturday, about 12 years ago, Anthony came upon a title at the Barnes & Noble discount rack, A Course in Miracles. During his reading and studying of the course, he lost his ability to dream and have dreams, which was a clear sign to him that the course refers to as clearing the mind. During this time, he attended multiple ACIM conferences in New York City, Boston, San Francisco, and events that supported the course. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you so much for being here with Hi, us. Thank tonight. you very much. I am so grateful to be here this evening. This is a this is a miracle moment for sure. Well, I, and again, we appreciate the time that everyone takes to to spend with us. And there is there's so much to dive into. Uh, anybody that has ever been exposed to a course in miracles knows that it's. <clears throat> so simple, it's complex. Uh, and that's one of the things that we're going to dive into. And although I am, um, I have scratched the surface on A Course in Miracles, I'm going to leave it to the two experts that we have here as our guests today, and we're going to kind of get started. So first things first, uh, I, anybody can can take this, this question first, but wh what is A Course in Miracles? Like, where did this come from? Where did it start? You know, to give our listeners a little sense of, of what actually this is. Uh, Anthony, do you want to take that? Sure. Well, The Course of Miracles was a book written by or scribed by Helen Shuckman in 1976. She was, um, I think it was Columbia. Um, she had a study partner, Bill, Bill Thurifer. Yeah. Right. I've met some of his students before. Um, but what happened was, they were challenged, you know, they kept arguing back and forth what was what should be in the course, what shouldn't be in the course. And eventually he said, um, 
you know, this is not working. This is what, what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have peace. But they weren't getting very much peace. Yeah, I, th I think what they were, just to interject, were, they were actually, before they started the course, they were working at Columbia. And they said there was right. a lot of arguing in, you know, their in their field, not related to A Course in Miracles. And when Helen said there has to be a better way, that was like the right. lightning flash. And that's when the course began coming because two people came together with a single goal. And that was really what set it off. And first of all, who and this book was channeled to Helen uh, by Jesus Christ. Is, is that, that's what she, Yeah, that's what she's, you know, that's her understanding of where, where it came from, yes. And right, I'm just so going to interject. And, what and Helen me. was not a Christian. No, she was. She Jewish. was Jewish. Yeah. I believe she was atheist. She was like Jewish culturally, but she was actually an right. atheist. Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. But also, what made me believe that this book actually was channeled by Jesus was two things: one, the iambic pentameter, which That's is extremely difficult to write, and two, that. When this book went before the Supreme Court to argue whether it should maintain its copyright, and the people were arguing that they had given up so given out so much of this book Xerox copies for years that it was already not able to maintain a copyright. Now, in all my years on this planet, I have never heard a book lose a copyright ever, and I think Jesus wants us to all be able to quote from this as we would want to. I mean, we can't quote from the Bible unless it's a public domain version, that right? And they're not, you, and they're not usually good versions, by the way. They're usually poor versions. You can't quote from the Catholic version of it or the King I didn't James. Know that. So I think Jesus wanted anyone to be able to say these words and quote from the book. That's what made me really believe. Like, Isn't any book after 50 years after someone dies, the author dies, is, doesn't it go into the public domain? So I don't know how that would relate to the Bible, you know? Well, because they keep, they renew it and they own it. I mean, it, you can only use a public domain version. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. So okay. that's what made me believe that Jesus must have had something to do with this. That's, that's what it was for. That was the... That was the what really made you believe it. Absolutely. Was there and, anything else before that? Were you kind of doubtful of it before that, or anything else that really drew you to? The no, I don't think I was ever really doubtful of it, but I just found that aspect of it fascinating because then, you know, in my book Grant Me a Higher Love, I was able to use a quote from The Course in Miracles to open up every chapter. I really mm. thought it would it helped, but that's what made me. It just clicked to me that Jesus would have made that not get a copyright. Right. <laughs> and the, uh, you had mentioned before, sorry to interrupt. Uh, you had mentioned before that the book was written in iambic pentameter. And for those of that are, are not English majors and don't know what that is, why is it so difficult to write in iambic pentameter? Um, do you want, do you want to take that? I mean, as, as a poet, people just don't really write in, in that format anymore. It's very, it's, it's a very rigid way to write. Uh, rules. Shakespeare of, wrote in it. Shakespeare wrote. Yeah, it. he wrote in it a lot. <laughs> right. um, it, it's just a very difficult thing to, and not that it can't be done, but it is another confirmation that it was divinely inspired because it is so difficult for a human, especially someone who's not, you know, Shakespeare. And it, I don't believe, I don't know if she was a poet. She wasn't a poet at all, poetess at all. No. So it really focuses on like the, like almost like the syllables as opposed to like the 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 like the words, because I do know that interestingly enough. Um, the rapper, singer, songwriter Eminem writes in <laughs> iambic pentameter. Yeah. yeah, so it's 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 very it's, it's very interesting because we're talking about Shakespeare and Eminem in the same. Yeah, sentence. I've actually been um, studying a little bit of that too because I you know I've been getting more into poetry, so I've been looking a little bit into that uh, because I feel like you know my poetry is actually I feel like it's pretty channeled to me in a way, not exactly the way the course is, but kind of like an as a co-creation between me and the divine. And, and I feel like it has a has some kind of a rhythm to it, and I'm trying to figure out what rhythm it has. You know, if it has some kind of um, a tradition attached to the the rhythm and and the uh, format of my poetry. So I've been studying a little bit about iambic pentameter, but I don't have a clear grasp of exactly what it is right now. That's Although how hard it is to figure notes. it out. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> there you go. Case so, in point. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you know, a lot of uh, you know people that. If you give like a very general definition or explanation of A Course in Miracles, some people may say, well, it's just thinking positive, right? I, I try it. It just doesn't work. I can't do it. So 
if we could maybe talk a little bit about what exactly does A Course in Miracles teach, I think to help our listeners understand, like, what, what exactly is it uh, and how people can kind of follow it. So we'll start with that, really. Uh, what exactly does A Course in Miracles teach? And maybe, Anthony, 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 if you want to take well, that one. Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, what does A Course teach? It teaches that we are not these bodies. We can, we can create miracles just as God does and that this world is nothing more than an illusion. And it's, very, it's a very challenging concept to have to break down where, you know, you know you, if you walk outside and there's a car coming down the street and you get hit with it, you're going to get hurt. But that's an illusion. The hurt is the part that you got you to gotta forgive. So I think that, you know, the 365-day daily lesson is, is key to the whole course. Mm-hmm. I really do. Because to read them and study them every single day for an entire year um, is, is pretty remarkable on its own, own accord. Right. So, right. And doesn't it also, what I liked about it is it teaches that there's two, only two paths in life, one of love and one of fear. Absolutely. And most of us tend to follow the path of fear, which is guilt and worry and, you know, all of that. And lo- and it's trying to get us to follow the path of love, self-love, love of others. So it's a pretty big concept, you know, for me to, when I first read it, I said, yeah, I don't realize it all boils down to love and fear. So, But do people know what is love and what is fear? I mean, the course actually says it can't teach you what is love because that's love sort of beyond the human realm, but it can, it can teach you to remove all the barriers to love. You know, I mean, that can sound a little bit like binary, like love and fear, you know, like there's no shades of, you know, and, and maybe people don't like, how do you discern what is love and what is fear? You know? Of course. Well, too many people are confused. They don't understand what unconditional God love is. And this is where, um, you know, every person that I've ever read any detailed works on the NDE about, they explain that what love is. They, every one of them can come back and explain it. Um, we go through our lot. We go through our individual lives, and we can tell you when there's times when we have that love has surrounded us, and when it hasn't, when it's been absent from our lives. So I don't think it. You know, I think we've all experienced in one form or another, the lack of. And that's mm-hmm. really what, you know, the, this is trying to make us understand you don't have to live in that lack. You don't live in that lack. And Anthony, just for clarification, uh, when you say NDE, could you just tell our listeners what it's is a near, NDE? A, a near-death experience. I have probably, probably have read over 40 or 50 books, watched every movie about it, and... I know there are many course practitioners, Peter Patagora, John Mundy, who I mentioned before, that they're, they're all NDEers. I, I try to figure out when mine took place. It may not have. I might just be someone who's had an OBE, an out-of-body experience. Yeah, I've so, ast- I feel like astral travel and projection right. in dreams, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Certain ones, whether lucid, where you're flying, where you're... Talking right. to people that just seem different than your average ordinary dream. But right. um, so the sorry, now, so the the course the course itself really has a focus on um, a spiritual psychological type aspect where it's there's a main focus on God mm-hmm. uh, that you're never separated from God and that like you had mentioned before that the world is is essentially an illusion. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not necessarily experiencing that in itself uh, and like. City had said there's there's those two thought patterns like uh, the fear and love where we talk about the perception which is illusion and then the other of knowledge which is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the time and we've talked about this in our in our other episodes uh, our other sessions about how the ego kind of controls a lot of what we do, <laughs> which is really essentially what uh, puts us in that state of fear and. Mm-hmm. What this course is trying to kind of gear us towards, and correct me if I'm wrong, is really trying to to find that uh, that path of love as opposed to being controlled by the fear, and that's right. something it really can't necessarily teach you, but it gives you that uh, that basis, that foundation to help you find that path. Am I am I accurate? 
Uh, yes. Have you? Are you familiar? With, how familiar are you with the course, uh, Gary? Uh, you know, I, I've read a few books on it. Uh, I would say, like I had mentioned before, I'm really just scratching the surface. Um, you know, I, I'm obviously I, I'm I'm psychic, uh, psychic medium. I do have a connection with, with spirit, so I. I'm able to connect, uh, you know, deeper uh, on, you know, beyond the, the earth plane. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I can consider myself, um, that's kind of where I'm at as far as that's concerned. I'm not, I have not dove super deep, uh, into a course in miracles for sure. Not like you, you both have. Did you get any feeling about it? Did you feel like it resonated or cause the path it's one, it's only one version of the universal curriculum. It's not for everybody. Right. Well, the course, of, the course yeah. clearly states it. It said there are thousands of ways to God. <laughs> right. Of course, the course will just be, get there a little faster. It's so, just one path of the universal just one path. And if it's not your path, it's not going to be faster for you, you know. Um, right. I, I do believe that it, it has resonated with me and, and a lot of the time. And that's honestly really where, where I started the my, my first question was, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's just positive thinking. You know, it really is retraining the mind yeah. to, to, to think very differently. And it's it's probably one of it's like I had mentioned before. It's so simple. It's complex. It's mm -hmm. so difficult to do because people tend to listen to the ego. Because mm -hmm. it's the say it's it's the ego's there to protect you. It's there to keep you afraid, so you don't you know try things. Um, it's, right. it's like that. It's like that internal protect mode. Um, so it's a very difficult thing to try to change that mindset. And I think that uh, you know, really, that is what's resonated with me because I I have to do a better job at that because I tend to don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's hard. I, I mean I do my best. Like I. You know, anytime I'm giving people readings or I'm speaking to people, I, I try to lead with that. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you take your own advice and I do my best to, to do that, but it <laughs> is a very, myself, yeah. yeah, it really is a very difficult thing to, to do. So I think as I, as I get deeper and deeper into this and I, and I read more and I listen more and I try to almost like they had talked about like these 365 daily lessons, I try every day to, uh, you know, to, to take that path of, of love as opposed to allowing my ego to rule with fear. Uh, so right. that's really what's resonated with me. And I think, I think with people like on, on the, on the ground level, like on, on, you know, at the surface level, I think that that's really what is tough for people to do is to change that, that mindset and, and erase, or at least try to subdue that fear. Okay. Yeah, and what like is a miracle? Life. What is the what is the what is the miracle? What what it, all expressions of love are are miracles. It's really just an expression of love. Okay, and it's you know go moving from separation to to union. It's you know seeing yourself as someone else, like seeing your goals and what you want, not separate from someone else. Um, wanting for someone else what they want for themselves. You know, the course began with that joint decision. There has to be a better way. So two people with the same goal, you know, to share, sort of be of the same mind with somebody is the start of miracles, okay. if that makes any sense. Now, um, there's a concept called the what a holy instant. I'm not quite sure right. what, you know, if someone could clarify what a holy instant is. Well, the, the course, um, it, one, a simple way that you can just start to get um, the vibe of the course is to just in the morning and at night, just clear your mind for, you know, however long, you know, uh, a few minutes, a half hour, go a little bit longer than it feels comfortable and just clear your mind of all thoughts, sort of like a meditation and maybe just say, this is one of the workbook lessons. Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? And to whom, um, to paraphrase. So it's just really clearing your mind. It's where you're only focused on the present. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're completely immersed in the present. And you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit guiding you. That is a holy instant, to my understanding. Wow, that's a very good description of it. Um, very, very good. Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? Well, um, where would you have me go? What would you have me say? And to whom? I believe it's it's something like that, right? Um, Anthony? Yes. One of, yeah. So just being guided, just hearing that inner guidance. Right. I mean, that's one of the more challenging things for most people, whether it's through <laughs> meditation or I know that I when I go to sleep at night, I, I shut off. I, sh I shut off and I know that I'm I'm with God. 
it's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Too many things have happened when it, by the time I wake up and when I, when I scribe the different people or different, you know, friends or whatever. Um, so it's, it's getting quiet. Mm-hmm. It's really yes. the whole listening and being able to listen. Okay. And um, what is the difference between, you know, they use different uh, phrases and expressions. When yeah. is a holy relationship and when is a special relationship? Yeah. What's the difference between a holy relationship I'll, and a I'll special? take that one. To okay. me, the seemingly difference between the two is that between the two, there is a razor thin difference in the holy relationship and the special relationship. Whereas the holy relationship with the Holy Spirit enters the relationship and heals it at a deep, unconscious level, changing its gold from sin to holiness. So a lot of us have to go through that. I mean, we've been, we've been, we've grown up our entire lives and believe that we're sinners, that we're all going to go to hell if we don't repent. And that's not the truth. It's not the truth. For me, on a more practical level, it just means a holy relationship is where there are no separate goals. And I don't, I don't, it's where you want for that person what they want for themselves, where you have, you share a common goal, a common objective where you want them to to have whatever is going to make them happy, whatever is going to make them grow, even if it's something that's going to drive them, keep their them physically away from you, or, you know, make them go somewhere because they need to follow their path. It's just really, really wanting for somebody, you loving them so much and wanting for them, whatever it is that is best for them, even if it feels like it's taking them away from you physically. It's just a joint decision. Interesting. I mean, I think, I think, yes, that's, I think it's very interesting because um, even when I do tower readings, what's phenomenal about a tower reading is that there's no personal agenda coming from above. Whereas if you ask, you know, your lover, your husband, your wife, your friend, they always tend to give you advice that may be skewed in their favor or, you know, what's best for them, not what's best for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people come seeking readings because they want to hear, you know, what's best for me without anyone else. So I, I, I love that concept that you just brought yeah. up. So and, and one more one. thing, yeah, it's, it's just that the basis of a lot of special relationships, and this is something that's really difficult for, for people, I think, is exclusion. And the opposite, that's the, the holy relationship is based on inclusion. It's you join as a complete being. It's not like two halves come together. It's one complete being and another complete being join and then they share it with the world. So um, it's not like you and me against the world. It's like you and me sharing with the world. Um, so, that- so it's really like it's acts of selflessness, essentially. It's it's basically putting, you know, putting your own ulterior motives aside and allowing, um, you know, whoever is with you to experience everything that they possibly can, whether it's through achievement, whether it's through love, whatever it may be, um, where you're, you're allowing that person to, to, to feel what you want them or what they want to feel without having your own personal agenda. But instead of selfless, I like to think of it as your true self. You're really what it's really the true self, your true divine self. You're not your egoic self, but it's your spirit self. So you're not selfless. You're actually more yourself, your real self. So like, I like that. I, I like that actually that spirit self. Yeah. I like that, that, uh, that terminology I do like. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously this has played an enormous role in, in all of your lives. And I'm curious as to, and, and I'll go to, uh, to, you know, Shana individually and uh, Mm -hmm. Reverend Bob individually, but how has, and I'll start with you, Shana, how has uh, A Course in Miracles affected your life? Well, everything that I, you know, I judge is, is this true? Is this right for me on the basis of, does this, does this mesh with the values of the course? And, you know, I've studied like a lot of different religions and esoteric paths, and I see a lot of similarities, like Gnostic Christianity believes the Demiurge created this world, not God, and that this world is an illusion. It's not the real world. It's a dream world. Um, so that's very in line with the Course in Miracles. You know, Hinduism believes that this world is Maya, illusion. So it's, it's um, you know, not be, trying not to be selfish and to just see everything through the lens of A Course in Miracles. So I really judge everything. I I don't know if that's the right word. Use discernment. Um 
based on whether it jives with the Course in Miracles or not. So it really colors every facet of my life. And I don't always live up to that ideal. But that's, you know, what I use as the sort of rubric for my life. And and Shane was very young when she sort of, I used to, you know, put books on my, in my bookshelf that were spiritual. And Shane, it was only you know, maybe 16 or so when she took that book, Course in Miracles, off the bookshelf and read it, which shocked me that she was so young and reading it. And she read it so much that it got like destroyed. And then I wanted to buy her another one and a little miracle happened because that book is very expensive. It's not, it's not an inexpensive book, but in this little bookstore, it was like 50 cents, like on sale for some odd reason. So I was able to get her another one, but she's been reading it since she was a teenager, which it's a really hard book. It's not an easy book to read. Yeah. And I'm not someone who really like quotes passages so much, like a lot, maybe because I didn't grow up with organized religion. So I just kind of like internalize it and paraphrase it and just absorb it. And I don't necessarily quote passages as much as, as some of the other teachers and students of the course. And I, I just noticed that a lot in a lot of the Course in Miracles groups, it's just a lot of quibbling over, you know, different versions of the text and different words. And you know, what does this word mean? What does that, that word mean? And it's like the analysis paralysis of the ego instead of just a holistic view of it um, that would be from the soul or the spirit. I love it. And, uh, and now, uh, Reverend Bopp, as far as a Course in Miracles, how, how has it affected your life personally? It's it's changed a lot of things. My, my perception is is the biggest influence that's been changed. Uh, I don't see anything uh, any longer. Even, even part of my daily rituals or my daily routines, I wake up every morning and, I mean, Cindy, you probably see it on Facebook. I, I speak of something and then I, I read it later on and I'm going, wow. That was pretty insightful. So <laughs> I, I find that, you know, I've become this this spiritual medium of a, of a sort, the understanding that, you know, when I go to sleep, that it's it's time for God. <laughs> so I, you don't you know, dream. You have no, no you have I dreamless. I, I go to sleep. I sleep completely in in the, in the arms of God, and that's why I think He's brought me to ministry because He wants me to help other people to lose their fear of death and dying because there is no such thing as death and dying. Sorry, but it's the truth. You know, we just, we're going through this pandemic thing right now. And I tell I tell people every day, anybody that wants to get engaged in, in, in conversation while I'm driving them around with Uber, I'm saying there's two, only two things that this is, this pandemic has been about. It's fear. It's the number one. And Division. control. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the masses, the masses, our political system is controlling the masses. I mean, we got to put on a, ma- a mask every day. What happened to the gloves? What I mean, this is such gloves? a hot button issue. I, you know, I almost want to stay away from it because it's so polarizing. And I want everybody, who, whatever side you're on, you know, whatever side you're on, I'm doing air quotes here to get, get something out of this, you know. Understand. Understand. Yeah. And I, and I know how to back off very quickly when I get somebody that wants to run interference and be, be you know, deflect the answer, the truth to the matter. The one thing that the, the course has really shown me more than anything is the truth. That's what I really, as a young man, I couldn't understand that if you were a rabbin origine in the outback of Australia and that if you died, you were going straight to hell. No, I couldn't understand that. Couldn't understand that for love or money. Then when I started reading the course and getting into it and understanding that, ah, there is a better way to see things. That but reminds that- me of a funny story, sorry, that um, the, the, uh, the you Christians came to like the indigenous people and they told them about Jesus. And they said, well, if you don't know about Jesus, you're going to go to hell. And they said, well, what if you never told us? They said, well, then you wouldn't be blamed because you didn't know. And then they're like, well, why'd you tell us? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is funny. Right. Yeah. Or they said like, it's hell's really hot to the Eskimos. And they're like, oh, that sounds divine. It sounds great. <laughs> now we're freezing. So <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is very funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because uh, like I said, there's, there's so many pieces of this. Uh, it's so difficult to get to, to all of it, uh, you know, but there, 
the one question I mean that I would probably have too, because since we had gotten on that, um, we stumbled upon the the death and dying and um, at, at that particular topic. Would you consider my my cousin actually? Um, he he had a near death experience. Uh, he was uh, a detective uh, on the bomb squad in the in the police department, and a bomb blew up in his face. Um, and wow. He was um, he was almost killed. Oh uh, and he spent the rest of his career on the police force, pretty much uh, really counseling police officers and even taught classes through St. Joseph's College on death and dying. Mm-hmm. And, and and a lot of that, yeah, a lot of it has to do with what we're describing here and and really the approach that we're talking about here in A Course of, Mir- in a course of Miracles. So uh, I'm curious, you know, if we're talking about like the death and dying aspect of it, how would you correlate that? Or if you would not correlate that with something like, like bereavement, like, because we're talking about like this, this death experience, this dying experience, you know, are we talking about, can we relate those two? Um, can, can you um, elaborate a little bit on, on what you mean? How you should we grieve or how should we grieve when someone dies? Yeah. So, so we're like, we're, we're preparing people. Like if we're talking about death and dying, we're, we're preparing people um, for the idea of not being afraid to die. Right. Yet, Don't be afraid right. to live either. Right. <laughs> so now, so now you have, you have that piece of it. And then you have the other piece when somebody does die, then you're looking at the other half, the, the other side of it, where, you know, the, the, the grieving part, the bereavement part, like, how do we how do we kind of bridge that with people? Because there's a lot of people tend when people do die, they tend to focus uh, or they they really they agonize over the death as opposed to memorializing the life. So right. I think you kind of touched on it when you just said like, don't be afraid to live. So mm-hmm. how do we how do we bridge the gap between the the death and dying preparation uh, and being one with God and the people that are losing those people? And the bereavement and the grieving, how do we kind of bridge that? Or is well, it really I, two separate things? I, I think that this pandemic has really shown us what we need to start to do. We need to start to unwind all the religions and, and bring in, in, the, in the course. Now, Course of Miracles community from San Francisco, the uh, Community Miracle Center run by Reverend Tony Ponticello, He's a New York guy, by the way. I know him. I follow him on, on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Reverend Tony, he's a good, he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's part of what my ministry is going to be about as I start to develop it. And that is to get people to not, to be to the level that I am, make them, make them experience if it's not in the physical form, but to experience it in the reading form. Like I said, I've read probably 40 or 50 books on a near-death experience from everybody, every cross, every cross there is. The one, the one book that just flattened me one time, and I couldn't understand it in the beginning, was The Shack. I'm not familiar with that. Who wrote uh, that? You should, uh, I am. I got uh-huh. it somewhere. But um, I have to look that up. And then. And it was like it was like I had that aha moment. Like I'm I'm watching the movie, and I'm going, oh my god, it's about a near death experience. He's having a, he's having an experience. They're showing it to us. So, you know, the great thing about our civilization is mankind is already really delved on it. There are so many different movies, um, some from pastors that have have written books. And some that are not, just regular everyday folks that have shown us. And they, they all talk about the same thing. They talk about the tunnel. They talk about a life review. Um, you know, they talk They talk that there's not one person that has had an NDE that is afraid of the, the – they they've completely lost the fear of death and dying. It doesn't exist. There's another – there's what God has promised us is eternal life. So there's there's this that we're looking at is just the illusion. But you but, also have to reconcile that people miss the physical presence of the person. That's what I'm always yes. here to do in a reading. Yes, you miss hugging them, um, being with them, making love to them, whatever you know, physical things you did with this person. You miss the physical person that. 
And that's, you know, you're grieving for the loss of that, maybe the conversations that you had. And again, we can commune to the other side, you can get messages, but it is, you know, the price of love is the price of grief. You are going to grieve the loss of someone who has helped you or made your life better. And you can't poo-poo that away to people. You can't say them someone who's lost their child that that's just an illusion because they're right. they're going to probably, you know, scream in your face so loud and, and, and cry and you're going to hurt them. Yes, you know, we try to get them to believe that they will see these people again, that they can commune to them from the other side, that they do give us messages. But again, missing people, their physical presence is something I don't think will ever get over. I mean, some people are are just really pleasant to be around. (laughs) Yeah. But what are they largely missing? They're missing the love that that person is. Right. The love. Exactly. I just want to say something about um, that because the one thing about the holy relationship that according to A Course in Miracles is that is a relationship beyond the body. Right. Exactly. That uh, actually body is the only real purpose of a body according to A Course in Miracles is communication and we actually don't need the body to communicate. And I know that that is hard to understand, but actually we we should be able to still communicate if we are in a holy relationship with someone without their physical body there. Right. Telepathically. You should be able to telepathically right. get there, messages. There, are, there have been books written, and I've read a few, where people communicate with their loved ones. Cindy, you have the gift to do that, to help connect so Gary. Yep. Uh-huh. with other people. But there is there are people that have written books. I was reading um, an excerpt one time of Karen Garvey's, and in her book, or, or piece that she was writing, this woman... Well, the woman wrote the book, and she referenced Karen. And I'm going, oh, my God, how does she know Karen? And then I find out she's a next-door neighbor of a guy that I coached. I'm like, this can't be. This is, you know, but that's how we connect. That's how we're all one. We I think the, um, the, the, the magic word, Cindy, that you had said was reconciliation. So it's it's understanding that the body is not needed to communicate. And I think that the, the, the tough thing is for people, and, and it's – we like, like Shana had said, like we're using the body to communicate. So the greater or the higher, the love, the greater and higher the grief. So I think that that's kind of what ends up happening. Once that, that physical connection uh, is no longer there, we, we, we are grieving higher for that person or greater because of that connection that we had. Uh, You know, if, if obviously if you weren't that connected or you weren't, um, you know, weren't communicating with that person that often, you wouldn't feel that, necessarily feel that high high amount of grief but like you said the the greater the connection um with the physical body is where you're having the great the greater grief and i think that that's that's what you have to reconcile that's what you have to understand Uh, on the other hand though of course miracles really flips that on its head that the greater the connection the more you don't need the body to communicate and i know that that's hard to understand and it's it's very you know antithetical to everything that we believe in this world, but that you should actually almost not want people to when when it's their their time to go to you know spirit that you should almost celebrate that if they've if they've really you know fulfilled exactly. their mission and you'll still be able to have a relationship a holy relationship with them and I mean it's very hard to to grasp but that is what the course teaches that you should not grieve not that you should not. But that if you're really connected in a holy relationship, you won't need to grieve in the same way. Right. If, that's, I, that's if the, I'm understanding that. Right. Yeah. And that's the idea of, of yeah. reconciling. You mm-hmm. have to be able to do that. You have to be able to understand that um, you have the ability to do that and you don't need the physical body. But that that idea of reconciling that, yeah. oh my gosh, it's 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 virtually impossible for people when they're in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. unless they've, ex- unless they've been able to experience this type of, these types of teachings that mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, tonight. So I think that that's, that's a, it's a very deep concept that it really is. does take training. Yes. Well, of part of, part of what my ministry and I'm working on it still is going to be about is to help the average Joe, the average person to understand what death and dying really is all about. And, I, and there's no, there's nobody in a church setting, anywhere that I know of, other than the Course of Miracles, that even scratches the surface of talking to people, counseling people, 
hand to hand. I mean, my thought right off the off the bat is to go into nursing homes and to try to help people, you know, say, listen, you know, there's there's an afterlife. There is an afterlife, you know, and it's how much that you want to stay connected when you leave as much as that person wants to stay connected to you, you know, through love. So I think that there's, you know, it's a yin and a yang, so to speak. But I think that it's just, I know for myself, I've lost all fear of death and dying. I almost had an episode a couple of weeks ago, a woman, she cut in front of me on my car. I closed my eyes. I just closed my eyes. I can't believe I didn't hit her. She was that close. And I said, well, if this is when it's time to go, it's time to go. You know, this was my this was my prearranged time. So, so basically, the course in miracles is a, is a course in love. It's about love and how it's an energy that never dies. It's always there. It goes on and on. Um, you know, it's a book that I think you know everyone should take a look at if you could. Um, doing it in the day to day basis to read it one pay you know one lesson a day is the way to do it it's it's a hard it's a commitment to it but as you begin to read it the words kind of go into you when you're reading it they go into you and they change something because words have dna they they register a certain way like even when you just say the word love to a child that has such a DNA. Very quickly, they understand what that word means, and they get very excited when they say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And so the words that are chosen in it, I think, just go into you and change something if you read just in reading it. That's the how I think. I, I think one of the best things that I've ever done is had a study partner for A Course of Miracles. So we study every day. We, we read the lessons together. And then we're able to answer questions for each other. So that's the way I, I, I was taught to do the daily lessons. You can do them on your own, but it'll just take you a longer, longer period of time to, to get some of them. Shannon, right. did you have a comment? Uh, I, I did. I, you know, I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of a, a, a solo. For, I'm not that much of a joiner. And I just did. If I found, you know, a study partner that I resonated with, that'd be great. But I ended up doing the course on my own, you know, and I, I'm just starting to take the baby steps to reach out. And this is maybe like my first big baby step to reach out. So, th- you know, thank you. I know I'm a, maybe a little rusty, but you know, it, it feels good. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, listen, like I said, I, we're, 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 you know, we do a lot of different topics and we, we've had, uh, you know, a handful of guests so far, and it's really nice to get perspectives other than your own. And obviously between Cindy and I, we, we have a lot of different conversations, but it's nice to hear, um, you know, what people are doing, how they're practicing. And, you know, if we're, speaking to, to our audience and a general audience, some people may say, well, I, I don't know if I have time to do, you know, uh, the, you know, the course of miracles, or I don't know if I have time to do 365 <laughs> lessons, you know, for the year or, you know, every day. So if, if, and this is going to probably be like tough to do, but mm-hmm. if I was to ask, you know, the two of you, how could somebody start very, very basic just to improve uh, their quality of life if in relation to A Course in Miracles, because we've talked about how obviously it has affected both of your lives, how could you get somebody to, if you had to give them a piece of advice to get started in something like this, where it changes their idea of, you know, focusing on the ego, focusing on fear and choosing that path of love. How could somebody get started with this? One of the books that I tripped on very early on was by Jerry Jablowski, Love Versus Fear. I mean, I read that book and I was, I was all in, it was no matter what came next. And I, I, I proceeded to allow God to kind of show me the path that I was going to, to, to hop on. And that's never been, I think that's a great book to good starting point. Read that and then see where that takes you. Love versus fear. And that's really what it's all been all about. Okay. So having people focus on, um, or at least being able to choose that path of fear or, and, and on a very, on a very simplistic level, giving it up to God. Giving it up to God. Okay. Yeah. I I would just say, you know, the meditation, the morning and the evening (laughs) or night meditation that the course recommends just the, 
in the, when you first wake up, as soon as you possibly can, spend a few minutes or however long feels right to you, just stilling your mind and just letting the Holy Spirit fill, fill your mind for what you should do that day. Ask, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? And then do that at night before you go to bed. Just still your mind for a few minutes or a half hour, however long feels right. I would say that's a good way to get started. And it's okay, very simple. Great. Anybody can do that. Yeah, no, that, for sure. And, and I, and I think a, a lot of people are into that, you know, mindfulness and meditation. And I think that that's, mm -hmm. that is a very good place to start because it really, I find that that's everywhere. A lot yeah. of people are doing that. So that's great. Um, Cindy, any, anything to, to add as we kind of wrap this, this session yeah, up? I, yeah. I just wanted to ask Anthony, um, what did he need to do to become a reverend in A Course in Miracles? Uh, that's a good question. Well, the interesting thing for me was, and I, I wrote this down and submitted it in the morning, in the morning, the dim of the morning, one day I was getting, gathering these thoughts while I was, before I opened my eyes, like, what did it cost? What did I have to do? How did I qualify? What, what was, and the amazing thing was I opened up my computer that morning, like I normally do. And there it was in an email from Reverend Tony from the, the Community Miracle Center from San Francisco. And it explained the entire process, what the monthly amount was. It's not that expensive. I think it's about a hundred bucks a month. Um, you would study both both parts of the, the course. And then also then you'd give in a study partner, you'll partner with somebody, and then you would go, do the, the daily lesson. Um, it, it's shockingly how relevant the daily lessons really can become. So that's how, for me, it, it all came to be. So thank you. And just the, the thesis of A Course in Miracles, I just was called to just read this. It's nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. So just try to absorb that. Um, if you can, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. That's basically the thesis of a question. And, Rev, it, and basically, it is about peace. It's mm -hmm. finding peace while we're in on Earth, and you know that's the important word about it. You do it does make you feel peaceful and a little more reassured that you're not alone, and that if you're going through you know hard times when you read it, it's just very comforting. And, you know, how I look at the course now is I don't go anymore daily because I've done that. I just open to any page any moment and I'll read whatever might be on that page. And it seems to always answer what I'm feeling that day. Mm -hmm. Should we so, do that? Should we just open up a random page? Because I was thinking we should do that and see. Yeah, let's see. do it. Let's That'd open be... up a random page. Any, any questions you want to ask? Anybody want to anything that we want to ask it? Like use so it sort of ask as an oracle? How they want to finish our show what do they want our listeners to holy get spirit, tonight? what would you like our listeners to hear to finish out the show holy spirit should we do left or right tell me left or right i got left immediately yeah, me, too. I got. me too i got left too i am not this is lesson 31 of the workbook i am not the victim of the world i see today's idea is the introduction to your declaration of release again the idea should be applied to both the world you see without and the world you see within and applying the idea we will use a form of practice which will be used more and more with changes as indicated. Generally speaking, the form includes two aspects, one in which you apply the idea on a more sustained basis, and the other consisting of frequent applications of the idea throughout the day. Two longer periods of practice with the idea for today are needed, one in the morning and one at night. Three to five, three to five minutes for each of these are recommended. During that time, look about you slowly while repeating the idea two or three times. Then close your eyes and apply the same idea to your inner world. You will escape them both together for the inner is the cause of the outer. As you survey your inner world, merely let whatever thoughts cross your mind come into your awareness, each to be considered for a moment and then replaced by the next. Try not to establish any kind of hierarchy among them. Watch them come and go as dispassionately as possible. Do not dwell on any one in particular, but try to let the stream move on evenly and calmly without any special investment on your part. As you sit and quietly watch your thoughts, repeat today's idea to yourself as often as you care to, but with no sense of hurry. In addition, repeat the idea for today as often as possible during the day. Remind yourself that you are making a declaration of independence in the name of your own freedom. And in your freedom lies the freedom of the world. The idea for today is also a particularly useful one to use as a response to any form of temptation 
that may arise. It is a declaration that you will not yield to it and put yourself in bondage. Again, the lesson is I am not the victim of the world I see. I think that was just perfect. It really was. You know, I think that Holy was perfect. I think that was a perfect message yeah. for the, to end the show. And that's what the Course in Miracles is about. It's rising above victim consciousness, finding peace, finding freedom, and, and freeing the world as well. So in that little passage, you got, you know, if anyone, you know, should get from that, that this is a book you might want to read and get to know. I was actually going. I was going to say which slot machine I should go on to tomorrow because I'm going to a casino. <laughs> but I didn't want to. I didn't want to close the show out with that. <laughs> um, but again, I, I want to thank uh, Reverend Anthony Bopp as well as uh, Shanna, Bra Shanna Braff for their participation today. I mean, this has been phenomenal. This is really um, something that we're, again, we're you know, I'm just scratching the surface with, and you obviously you both have had a lot of experience with this. But to kind of bring this into a, you know, a 50 minute podcast is, is so tough, but I it appreciate um, all of the information. I think this is a great start. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to kind of uh, bridge off of this and maybe do another episode of this, but this is uh, again, we always value, um, you know, our listeners feedback. We always value our guests and whatever feedback and information they can give us. And, you know, I thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank Namaste. you. Namaste. Yes. All right. So for Soul Matters Podcast, this is Dr. Gary, Cindy Sanson Breath, Shana Breath, and Reverend Anthony Bob. Thank you so much. And we Thank will you. see you soon. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now. We want to hear from you, our listeners. If you have a topic or a question or would like to be a guest on Soul Matters Podcast with Cindy and Dr. Gary, please email us at soulmatterspodcast at gmail.com.